Hello, welcome to the Word of Hope podcast. We believe it is the Word of God that changes and strengthens our lives in such a way that we are able to effectively fulfill our assignment and manifest heaven right here on earth. It is our goal to lead you to a place of confidence and hope as you help others progress and elevate. Thanks for tuning in. Now, let's prepare our hearts for today's message. Until we start venturing into the new stronghold, and, and I saw even more challenges. Amen. Hallelujah. So uh, we've been teaching on this series entitled uh, "Hiding Places." Thank you so much, Josh and Jessica. Amen. Glory to God. Everybody with a J got it right this time. We'll try it again. Amen. Glory to God. We've been teaching on this series entitled "Hiding Places." It's all in my head. It's all in my head. It's all in my head. So uh, we are going to continue to teach on on this. Uh, on this series and on this lesson, but we're going into a new stronghold to pull down. Now, stubbornness uh, left us with a, a uh, confession, so I need you to repeat after me because we're still confessing it for 21 days. Now, I've been faithful with mine. Amen. Amen. I don't know if you all have been, but I've been faithful with mine. So come on, repeat after me. Repeat after me. I am not stubborn. I am, not stubborn. I am open to a new point of view. I, am open to a new point of view. I, do, not, I do not struggle with apologizing. Amen. Slip my mind just then. I, I don't have to be right. I don't have to be right. And I receive correction. And I receive I have the nature of God. I have the nature of God. Well, I'm telling you, that confession has gotten me out of some difficult situations where I wanted to get my point across. Amen. But that confession showed up in me and it just got to kind of shut up and shut it down. Glory to God. And, and, and it's, it's pulling down. Amen. Glory to God. It's pulling down stubbornness. Amen. Well, tonight we start pulling down a different stronghold. So now we're going to talk about uh, point number nine to this series, exposing the victim mindset. Now this is difficult. This is difficult. This is this is this is uh this is challenging. Second Corinthians chapter ten. Turn it real quick. This is very challenging. You got a lot to write down. Now when I, when I start on a a series, you know, that's building that takes place in the series. When I start on another stronghold, I have to begin to build on that. So it's a lot of writing at first because we got a lot of information that we got to get. But 2 Corinthians chapter 10, this has been our foundation scripture for this entire series. Y'all still there with me? Yeah. Amen. Come on, say, I'm still there. Yeah. Watch what it says in verse 3. It says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down. To the pulling down of strongholds. Pulling down strongholds. Now, there's some things that I want to talk about with pulling down strongholds that I want to bring back to our, uh, our memory. Um, I don't want to go into the neuroplasticity or the neurogenesis or the crab genes or all of that that we talked about when we know that our minds and our brains function a certain way. I want to go into the stronghold portions of it. I want you to remember this, that strongholds are the hiding places of the enemy. That's what strongholds are. They are the hiding places of the enemy. They are the areas where the enemy hides in the shadows of our thought life, causing both disturbance and destruction. That's what strongholds are. It's when the enemy is hiding in our thoughts and he is causing disturbance and destruction. Come on, somebody say disturbance, disturbance. And, destruction. and destruction. He causes both of them. He don't just show up. I know the scripture said that he comes but to steal, kill, and destroy. But he don't just show up and start destroying. First he show up and disturb. Anytime you can see a disturbance in your life, he's trying to destroy something. Amen. 
Amen. That's the purpose of a stronghold. Also remember this, that my strongholds are my responsibility. My strongholds are my responsibility. I don't get to pull down strongholds in my spouse. That's their responsibility. I get to work on me. <laughs> Come on, look at somebody and say, just work on you. And I'll work on me. It's important that we understand that aspect right there. Because if we don't, we enter into an office that we're not assigned to. We enter into a high priest office, and that's assigned to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. You're not there to change anybody. Crickets. Amen. Amen. You hear me, Adam? We're not there to change anybody. We're there to make sure that God will get to work on us, exposing us. Now, we can help somebody, but we can't change nobody. The sooner you begin to embrace that, the sooner you'll begin to lose some of the frustrations that you have. You'll get rid of some of those frustrations when you realize I can't change nobody. Amen. Amen. Come on, say my stronghold or my responsibility. I am responsible for confronting it and removing it. That's my job. I'm responsible for that. The Holy Ghost empowers me to do that. If I don't do something with the stronghold that are in my mind, they ain't going nowhere. Or they're not going anywhere. Let me say it more correctly. They're not going anywhere. They ain't going nowhere. If I don't do nothing with it, come on, say it with me. Say, if I don't do something with it, it's not going nowhere. I don't care how bad you want to change. I don't care how bad you want things to get better. I don't care how bad you want your family back together. I don't care how bad you want the ministry to flow. I don't care how bad you want to be better. If you don't do something with it, it's not going nowhere. God will never show up in the middle of the night, sneak in your mind, and pull down your strongholds for you. Glory to God. That's something he assigned you to do. He empowered you to do. He equipped you to do. So in my efforts of pulling down strongholds, if they don't start with the confession and end with a choice, then it'd be effortless and unfruitful. My pull on strongholds has to start with the confession and end with a choice. It starts with me declaring the word of God and then it ends with me deciding to act on the word that I declare. If I don't have them two together, I won't pull down. A confession and a choice, a declaration and a decision. The more I decide then, the more I pull down the stronghold. Josh, if I never make the decision, I can declare the word all day. I can declare it all day. God, you have made me rich. Uh, or you have called me my house to be filled with wealth and riches. And give, and others shall give unto my bosom. And the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. And you have called uh, uh, the righteous to never be forsaken nor a seed begging bread. I can declare that all I want. But if I don't act on the faith principles of finances, then I cannot pull down the stronghold of poverty. Amen. 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 So one of the things that I've been doing is in, in, in order to expand your faith uh, in an area to pull down uh, limitations trying to set up in your mind. They try, the enemy tries to set up limitations in your mind and tell you, I mean, because some of the stuff that we call we believe in God for is stuff that we can actually do in our own effort and we call it faith. Mm. You want to believe God for something, believe God for something you can't afford. Mm. Believe God for a vision, you're not, you, you don't have the resources nor the, nor, 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 nor the equipment for. Mm. Believe God... Somebody say stretch your faith. That's what I, I started doing. Uh, I had a pastor friend of mine who had been talking to me. He's been trying to sell me an airplane. Amen. Apparently, you think I'm ready for an airplane. Apparently, you think I can afford an airplane. 
Amen. Because he keeps talking to me about buying this airplane. He want to sell me this airplane. He want to sell me. Man, you got to come take a ride in it, man. Let's just take a ride. Don't you got a campus in North Louisiana? I said, yeah, a couple of them. He said, let's just ride to Monroe. Let's fly out there. 45-minute flight. Let's do it. And I said, 45 minutes? I'm already spending three hours, three and a half hours on the road. You mean to tell me I don't have to leave home? I, can, I mean, I don't have to drive and spend the night? I can just fly there, fly back that day, and I'll be done? I mean, that, that sounds good to me. But we got a problem. I don't have plane money. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But apparently he believes that I, I do. Apparently he thinks that I'm ready for it. Amen. So he's talking to me about it. And all of a sudden I said, John, he has more faith in you than you do. <laughs> he has more faith in what you're capable of accomplishing through the power of God than what you do yourself. So guess what I started doing? I started looking up planes. Amen. I started looking up planes and I started getting a picture of what I want and how I want and what type of engines I want and how fast I wanted to go. But I want the inside to look like that. All of that. And before you know it, my wife got involved in it. And my wife started that saying, well, look up some schools, too. Of course, I'm going to need to know how to fly. I, I don't have to be the pilot all the time, but I, I need to know how to fly my own plane. So she's involved in it now. So our faith is expanding, and now I'm believing God for something that I normally wouldn't have believed for uh, outside of this. I, I, I would, so you know, sometimes you're not going to believe in God for a plane when you got plain money. Yeah, yeah. Glory to God. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, either he is going to break free from your limitations or not, but he's not going to do it without your faith. Right. Amen. So let's go a little bit further. Now, my confession and my decision are important, but we're going to talk about the stronghold of the victim mentality. That's a stronghold. A victim mentality is a stronghold. Come on, say that with me. Say a victim mentality, a victim mentality. is a stronghold. a stronghold. Now, nobody wants to own up to this stronghold. Nobody wants to own up to it. Don't nobody want to walk around and say, oh, I got a victim mentality. Yeah, we, we, we'll, we'll, eat, we'll more readily say I'm stuck. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. We don't want to add, a, we don't want to own up to this deacon, Demetrius. So we consider it embarrassing. So we live in denial rather than confronting it and pulling it down. So we know scriptures and we come to church and we sing praise and that's why we expect somebody at the altar to do something for us that we won't even do with our own faith. Quiet. Somebody say amen. Okay, let's go ahead and break it down real quick. Let's break down this word victim first. Now, I told you these some lengthy definitions. Uh, 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 victim. Write it down. Victim. This is what a victim is. A victim is a person who is hurt or cheated by the dishonesty or abuse of others. That's not the full definition. There's some more, more to that, Chris. But that's what a victim is. A, a victim is, this is, this is dictionary.com or Merriam-Webster dictionary defining this. A person who is hurt or cheated by dishonesty or abuse of others. By the dishonesty or the abuse of others. I'm going to say that again, that first part. This is what a victim is. A person who is hurt or cheated by the dishonesty or the abuse of others. Here's the second part. Often by their own personal ignorance or emotional delusion. Ooh, this get good. This is good right here. Dr. Sandra, I like, I like this definition for, for a number of reasons. Number one, it's a person who was hurt or cheated by the dishonesty or the abuse of others. I became this way, or I got some of my scars from somebody else doing something to me. 
Come on, how many of you had somebody to, to, to do something to you, whether whatever it was, whether they said something, uh, attacked or, or lied on or, or did anything? That, I mean, it's it, it just some type of, uh, of abuse that's taking place in, in your life, some type of abuse. A person who is hurt or cheated by the dishonesty or the abuse of others, often by their own personal ignorance. This is what it means by their own personal ignorance. This is what it's saying. This is what it's saying. This is what it's saying. I wouldn't be a victim if I had known you were going to do that. If I had known you were going to do that to me, I wouldn't have put myself in that position. Glory to God, this good. Are y'all with me right now? How many of you got that testimony right there? If I had known, I would have done something different. Glory to God. Some of us got, 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 got some testimonies like that financially. Some of us got it with, with family. Some of us got it with relationship. If I had known, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah, that, 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 that's what it says. It says that somebody hurt me, cheated, or was dishonest, and abused me. But here was the problem. It was because of my own personal ignorance. I didn't know. The next one said, if it wasn't my personal ignorance, it was my emotional delusion. Glory to God, that's good. I was blinded by how I felt about you. Oh, man, that's good. And, and because I was blinded by my emotions, I would have never thought you would have done that. See, David said it this way. Watch how David said it. David said, if it had been an enemy, I could have taken it. Glory to God. I like the way he said that, John. If it was somebody I know that was going to come after me, that I know we don't like each other, and I know you got an issue with me, and I know you're going to attack me, I could have took that better. But it wasn't an enemy. It was somebody that I shared sweet counsel with. It was somebody that I shared communion with. It was somebody that I was in fellowship with. It was somebody I let get close enough. Judas always got to be close enough to kiss. Yeah. Somebody say amen. 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 So watch this. Watch this mindset. Or, or watch this activity. I became a victim because of what you did. But I don't have to stay one. Somebody say amen. 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 Listen to Chris. I can't stop what you do to me. But what I can do is stop myself from being a victim after, you continue, after you've done it. Amen. Now we've had things to happen to us and they've affected our faith. So let me go a little bit further. Watch this definition. Now a victim mentality is defined a little bit differently. This is actually from uh, um, this is actually from uh, the mental health guide of, 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 of psychological terms and expressions. This is what a victim mentality is. An acquired personality trait. That's good right there. I can preach that part right there first lady. It's not something I was born with. You hear me there? I was welcome to heaven and hope there, yeah. I was told that you joined. I am so excited to be your pastor. Amen. Glory to God. I can now use you in illustration. Glory to God. Amen. So watch the watch, watch victim mentality. Watch what it is, Jessica. That it's an acquired personality trait. It's something I picked up along the, along the way. Glory to God. Come on, say, say, I didn't always have it. I didn't always It's an acquired personality trait in which a person tends to consider themselves as an allurement of abuse, pain, and misfortune. In other words, for some reason, if it can go wrong, it will go wrong in my life. You ever, hit, you ever met anybody like that? 
They always expect the worst to happen to them. Glory to God. Are y'all with me right now? Amen. I know that's a lot of right. It says this. It says it's an acquired personality trait in which a person tends to consider themselves as the allurement of abuse, pain, and misfortune. And as if this is the case, in the face of insufficient or contrary evidence. In other words, you don't even have no proof to be feeling like this. But you still feel like something is going to happen. Are y'all with me? So, um, again, I got to tell you, don't look outside of yourself right now. Look within yourself and say, Lord, help me with this stronghold to pull down. I'm going to show you how it works. I'm going to show you how it works. You feel right in the definition. All right, very long definition. I'll go ahead and read it again. A victim mentality is an acquired an acquired personality trait in which a person tends to consider themselves as the allurement of abuse, pain, or misfortune and to behave as if this is the case in the face of insufficient and contrary evidence. In other words, this is what the goal of the enemy is. The goal of the enemy is to hit you with so much stuff, to bombard you with problem after problem after problem after problem, hurt after hurt, situation after situation, until you develop within yourself a woe is me mentality. Yeah. You cannot afford to go through so many storms that you develop a mindset that you begin to feel sorry for you. Yeah. It is going to cripple your faith. I'm not saying that what you went through was not bad. I'm not saying that it wasn't tra traumatic. I'm not saying that it wasn't horrific. I'm not saying that it wasn't something. What I'm saying is you cannot afford to let that shape your mind. You cannot let, afford to let that put an imprint in your mind or you'll start thinking like that all the time. Amen. There'll be an opportunity for an employment and uh, a, a promotion. They ain't going to choose me. I'm not going to even apply for the job. I'm not going to get it. Why should I even try? It ain't going to work. Anybody ever heard some of those terms before? That's a victim mentality at work and it's a stronghold that the enemy has erected in our minds to make us think we give up before we even try. Glory to God. Are y'all with me? Amen. So I'm looking up this word victim, and I wanted to find some synonyms. First lady, I'm looking up victim, and I want to find some synonyms for it. And for some reason, I went down to the bottom, and I started looking at some, some antonyms for it. And, and, and you know the synonyms are words that are like it, and antonyms are words that are opposite of it. And when I'm looking at the antonyms, it says stuff like abuser. Well, I know that's the opposite of a victim. I know that. And then it says something else. It says uh, 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 manipulator. I know that's the opposite of the victim. And then it says something that caught my attention. It says faith. Faith. F-A-I-T-H. Faith. Faith was the antonym for victim. When he told me that, this is what I be begin to see. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Turn it real quick. Turn it real quick, real quick, real quick. Verse 57. Are y'all with me? Yes, sir. All right, I got 10 minutes. I got to move fast. You ready? Verse 57. You got it? Chapter 15, verse 57. Watch what it says. 
It says, but thanks be to God, which causes us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. But thanks be to God, which giveth us, excuse me, not called it, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God, which giveth us, which giveth us, what? Come on, say I already had it. Here's the catch. I can't be the victor and the victim. Glory to God. Come here, Chris. So now that I got that promise right there, you'll be the promise. Let me lock on with you. We pray today's message was a blessing to you. If you are interested in partnering with us or supporting with a financial contribution, be sure to visit our website, www.heavenlyhope.church. And remember, it is our God-given assignment to make everywhere we go look more like heaven. Until next time, God bless.